2: my seven chakras episode
3: 334 the seven chakras swirling vortices of energy positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head for thousands of years this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple what are the functions of these energy centers and could these chakras Help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose. Welcome to My Seven Chakras. And now your host, Aditya Jai Kumar.
2: What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, host and founder of My Seven Chakras, the show where we provide you ancient wisdom inspiring stories and action steps that will help you transform your life. So if you are new to our show, then I want to give you a warm, warm welcome. And before we dive into today's amazing interview, let me read out our recent iTunes five-star rating interview by a user named Sharpshooter in the USA who writes, As an aspiring psychic medium, the vast array of knowledge and experience Showcased in this podcast is immeasurably valuable. AJ is a skilled communicator. He takes the show in segments and summarizes the information offered from the specialists in a way that is easy to digest. And remember, I love the raw honesty that goes into the questions and their answers in every episode. Truly, this podcast has changed my life for the better. Thank you so much for what you do. And please continue paving the way for those of us who are young and searching. Wow, what a wonderful, wonderful iTunes review. Thanks a lot for sharing. Our listeners are definitely the best. Action Tribe, if you'd like for me to read out your review as well, then the process is super simple. Go to my7chakras.com forward slash review. my7chakras.com forward slash review. Write your review, but don't forget to hit submit. And once you do that, I'll read out your review to our thousands of thousands of listeners around the world. All right. So moving on to our guest for today, Our guest is a certified body talk practitioner, speaker and author of the Amazon bestseller You Are Not Your Diagnosis. She holds a master's degree in somatic psychology and after being diagnosed with leukemia. At the age of 25, she became passionate about sharing with the world her message that just because a doctor has said an illness is chronic or incurable, it doesn't mean that it has to be a life sentence for you and that Western medicine isn't the only approach to healing. And what are the other approaches? We're going to find out on today's episode, Action Tribe. Our guest for today is Lynn Del Maestro thompson So Lynn, welcome to our show.
4: Thank you for having me.
2: Great. And uh, are you ready to inspire?
4: Totally excited to. <laughs>
2: <laughs> great, great. Uh, so we al- always begin our show with an inspirational quote. So what is that one uh, quote that you really uh, draw upon and how do you apply it in your life?
4: Sure. So the quote right now for me comes from a friend of mine who actually passed away last month from cancer. And she was one of a a very incredible inspirational story of how she journeyed through that process. And she said, what will you do today to make your one life count? And that was really Mm -hmm. how she lived her life and especially the life through that journey with cancer. And for me, that's just that question to ask myself, like, what will I do to inspire? What will I do to connect with people? How, will do, how do I want to show up in the world? And mm-hmm. I'm grateful to Annabelle for that message that she shared with the world.
2: All right. Thanks a lot for sharing. Action Tribe, if you're listening, if you're watching right now, uh, then it's important to take a pause to remark on this particular quote, which is, what will you do today to make the most out of your life. Yes. You know, maybe we'll have multiple lifetimes. We don't know. (laughs) We'll find (laughs) out only when we cross the moment of truth or we experience a moment of truth. But the truth is that you are certain that you're going to have this lifetime. Mm -hmm. And the question is, what are you going to do today to transform your life or to take that one step towards a better life and a more self-realized life? So Lynn, thanks a lot for sharing that with us. Now, in 2004 you were diagnosed with leukemia right so firstly what is leukemia and what's the story behind your diagnosis
4: sure so leukemia is a type of cancer it's a blood cancer and um, so in that journey for me i was going through a grad school I, i was pursuing a phd in a completely different field from what i do now Mm -hmm. And I was very miserable, I was uh, miserable from kind of day one of that program. And I kind of tried to push through that miserable state of being and, and ignored a lot of the symptoms that my body was giving me that I was on the wrong path. And then in the summer of 2004, I was scheduled to have elective surgery. And I went in for the pre-op blood work and I got the phone call the night before the surgery from the surgeon. And he said, there's something in your blood work that looks really abnormal. And Mm -hmm. I remember kind of that feeling of my stomach dropping because that's a scary thing to hear. You know, you you think you're just going for elective surgery and Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden you're wondering what's wrong. And he said, don't panic yet. Let's send you back. Um, and have them run the labs again because, you know, maybe it could be just a lab error. Maybe something just was amiss in their process. And I go back, wow. run the same tests, and he calls and he says, yeah, it's, it's not a lab error. There's something going on, and I can't do the surgery. You need to just go see your primary doctor and, and have him start to try and figure out what's going on. And I don't think I slept a whole lot that night after hearing that, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of having that dropped in my lap and having no clue because I had zero symptoms of anything. Right. And I was dropped down kind of a two week process of two different hospitals, all sorts of specialists, all different doctors and all these different tests. And finally was given the diagnosis of leukemia. And that Mm -hmm. moment I view as just such a shock Because I had, you know, seen myself as a healthy 25 year old woman, you know, maybe I wasn't the happiest with my life Mm -hmm. in that moment, but I didn't see anything really massively wrong with my health. And so I went through this process of actually being treated for that diagnosis for three years, and didn't really see a lot of improvement in my health in that time always mm-hmm. felt like something was wrong, went back to you know different doctors, kept trying to actually see a different specialist, a different hematologist, couldn't get a referral to one. And then finally, when I let go of that graduate program, when I got health insurance somewhere else so that I could basically leave that program and, and have medical coverage and saw a different doctor, I actually found out that was a misdiagnosis. And mm-hmm. I had been treated for that for three years incorrectly. Mm -hmm. and that moment too was again just a tremendous shock you know there was like the relief of someone finally listening to me Mm -hmm. and what I was saying but there was also a lot of kind of anger of why no one listened to me sooner
2: so uh you know prior to your diagnosis of leukemia what were some of the challenges that you were facing on an ongoing basis because you said that you seem to have been healthy but then you were miserable in other ways. So can you paint that picture for us?
4: Yeah. So I think a lot of my symptoms before kind of this health crisis
3: mm-hmm. were,
4: were kind of connected to emotional things. And I started getting, I, I had grown up with migraine headaches that I started at age 12 and they had kind of gone away in college and mm-hmm. they came back with a vengeance. Mm-hmm. Um, I started experiencing more things like panic attacks, anxiety, depression, And all of those things, I was just kind of writing off as, you're stressed, you know, it's normal to be stressed in graduate school. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. you just have to get through it. And there was a part of me that also just didn't really want to admit that I was miserable where I was and scared to say, I don't know what I want to do with my life. Like, I felt like I'm that kind of a person where I like to have a path and a plan. (laughs) And (laughs) And maybe people can relate to that. Some people, you know, are planners and mm-hmm. the idea of just saying, I don't know what I want to do. Maybe I'll just go out and get like a job to just pay the bills. Like there was a part of me that saw that as scarier than, than going to school. I'm sure there's people that think that's crazy. would want to go to school for seven to eight years um, and, and a job seems much less scary. But for me, I was too scared to kind of be an adult in, in the
2: world. Got it. Um, okay, so you were going through uh, these challenges like uh, headaches that seem to have come back from your childhood and uh, some anxiety, stress, um, depression, and panic attacks as well. Now, you know, at some point, like you mentioned, you you took the blood work uh, mm-hmm. and some abnormalities were discovered. What did the doctor discover?
4: So I, actually, since childhood, I had had a very elevated platelet count. Um, They had Mm -hmm. discovered that when I was about 10 years old and I had some abdominal pain and they thought maybe I was having appendicitis or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But back when I was a child, they never figured out what that was. Like I was sent to different specialists close to where I lived. I was kind of probed and prodded at that point and nothing Mm -hmm. really made sense. There was no diagnosis. And so I kind of went about my life for another 15 years without that ever being a problem. Okay. So the interesting kind of thing in my story is I, I always am curious, you know, if I had listened to my body sooner and if I had listened to kind of that knowing that I was on the wrong path, would my body have had to get so loud with a big, scary diagnosis?
2: Right, right, right. So uh, help us uh, understand over here because uh, I didn't pay too much attention to my biology class when I was <laughs> growing up as a kid. But what what is the what is the meaning of elevated platelet count? What What does that really mean?
4: So platelets are like a type of blood cells and mm. they they basically help our blood clot. So okay. you want to have a good number of them, right? Because if you don't have any and you cut yourself, you could bleed to death. But if you have too many, then it means your blood could clot too easily. So you could develop oh. a blood clot somewhere.
2: Okay. Okay. I get it now. So that was sort of like a scare that you had as a, as a child. And then that mm. sort of manifested into the abnormalities that you noticed that the doctor noticed In your blood work. And so you were diagnosed, but for three years, you, you know, what did the doctor recommend to you that you felt was not very effective, or that you felt that, you know, this is not what I supposed to be doing. So what was, you know, in retrospect, the wrong approach to your diagnosis
4: so with that particular type of leukemia which was chronic myelogenous leukemia they put me on a particular medication that was designed Mm. to target kind of the genetic cause of that Mm. But i never had that particular genetic mutation um and there was i believe kind of from research we did afterwards of what exactly happened how could they have made this misdiagnosis that there was some sort of a lab error whether it was, you know, the the test was read wrong, or whether my sample was swapped with someone, Mm -hmm. Uh, they were and then they proceeded to monitor and look for something for three years that wasn't actually there because it was a lab error that initially was used. So I actually had something else going on and a different blood disorder that they weren't treating and then they were looking at the wrong (laughs) wrong tests and treating the wrong thing. So I I took this medication that had a lot of side effects, which included things like you would experience if you were going through chemo with a lot of nausea, upset Mm. stomach, Um, And that was all unnecessarily because I didn't need that particular medication.
2: And all of this was because of a lab test.
4: Yes. And I I kind of kept saying, you know, why don't I feel better? Why don't I feel better? Mm. I would go to the hematologist uh, who was treating me and would see me, I think, maybe every month. And I vividly still remember those appointments. I would wait an hour in the waiting room he, I would go back and I would see him. He would spend less than five minutes with me. And I yeah. always remember that question that he would ask, which was, how are you feeling? And I would say, I feel horrible. Like, I don't feel like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm improving. And he would d- dismiss my answer and say to me, well, you look great, which was not really true because other people had told me I looked terrible and I had lost a lot of weight.
3: Okay.
2: And
4: he said, I'll see you in another, you know, see you in a month.
2: Mm-hmm. Got it, got it. Well, that's uh, pretty challenging for sure. Um, yes. <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've come across that as well, right? A lot of times there's a long line, patients who are waiting to see the doctor, and the doctor, uh, you know, is not really connecting with you mm-hmm. emotionally, energetically, but they're just, you know, in a hurry to get stuff done. Right. And a lot of times I've also noticed that you feel deep down that something is not right with you. Yes. But either the doctor, maybe doesn't care or maybe does not know how to approach this yes um at the holistic you know root level uh and patients usually know that there's something amiss there's something wrong yes
3: um
2: okay so got it uh so what do you feel now i mean as you look back what are some limitations in the western medical care system
4: um i think that that story of that doctor per- particularly pointed to one, you know, that not listening that, you know, he was a doctor who dealt with people with cancer. And yet he was only spending a few minutes in a visit and not mm-hmm. really listening to the answer to an important question. I mean, I think asking that question shouldn't just be a, a check it off your list. Oh, <laughs> ask patient how they were feeling. Don't really care about the answer. Yeah. Moving on to next question, you know? Yeah. Yeah, He he didn't engage with me as a human in that sense Mm. of like, oh, wow, I see you're not doing well. Um, I think some of the other limitations is, you know, just pills and surgery aren't really the only ways to heal something. And yet, of course, those are basically the main tools that Western doctors have. So, those are, you know, sometimes medication can be life saving. I'm not somebody that's anti medication completely, but it's not something that often gets to the root of a problem.
3: Like, mm-hmm. why
4: is this happening and how can we fix and, and solve the problem? It's just the, usually it's symptom management in many cases. And that's one of my biggest frustrations with kind of Western medicine is it's just kind of like <laughs> band aids, you know, and then and it gives you more problems that you have to yeah. take. It's, yeah you know, side effects and, and take another pill for those side effects
2: yeah i mean one thing that is clear over here is and i'm sure our listeners are listening to this or maybe watching as well is that we each need to uh, not you know say that you know we're not doctors we're not the experts and just you know depend completely on the doctor or the expert we need to take control of our own lives and do our own research and and find out and ask the right questions and and continuously seek to know you know what is health really right and is it just physical health or is it, you know, uh, the emotions and the energy and the and the thoughts that we're having on a constant basis? And if we have that in place, you know, then things will be much better because then we'll know who to reach out to and what questions to ask. So I think this is a good topic to be on. And like you've pointed out, um, you know, the Western medical system is great when it comes to trauma, right? Yes. When there's a sudden accident, you need stitches, yes. there's blood, there's Oozing out, and you need an immediate solution for something,
4: right? Or you're um, having or a heart we're, attack, or are having a
2: heart attack, or something like that, and you know, in, in those cases, me
4: if you're having a heart attack, go, go to the emergency room.
2: Yeah. So if it's a trauma, sudden, like an accident or a heart attack, yes, there's a place for that. But when the issue is is chronic and is ongoing, and there's an external stimuli that's disturbing you on an ongoing basis, daily, weekly, or even monthly. That's when there's a challenge. So, what do you feel is the cause for chronic illness? Now, obviously, one of the examples is leukemia, but there are so many other, you know, right. chronic illnesses as well. What do you feel is the is the cause?
4: I mean, I think there's a complexity to that. It's hard to generalize to okay. every person's situation. Um, I, I think there's themes for sure. One of them would be, you know, trauma in your past often manifests as illness if you haven't kind of addressed it, seen it, healed it. Um, I work a lot with people with autoimmune disease. I see that as being a a big theme
3: Mm -hmm.
4: in in what manifests as chronic illnesses, you know, childhood trauma, birth trauma actually is a huge part of certain types of illness. So that would be one theme. I think sometimes our belief systems are also part of the process of what can show up as disease. So Mm -hmm. if we believe the world isn't a safe place, then kind of on the micro level, our cells and all of our, especially our immune system start to react to the world in that way of fear. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So whatever we're thinking in our head is reflected, you know, on the micro level. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think, you know, all of the toxins in our environment, how we care for our bodies, you know, are we paying attention to preventative approaches to health? Are we exercising? Are we eating healthy foods? All of those things factor in to what can become chronic illness. So it's complex. It's yep. not kind of a one, you know, if you have chronic illness, it's because of one thing. It's usually a combo of, of a variety of different issues.
2: Yeah. Right. So I should try it. I hope you're listening right now. Um, or maybe if you're watching at the moment, whether it's a replay or even live, I see we've got, uh, some viewers over here. But basically, what we're learning is uh, that it's important to especially if you've encountered trauma at some point in your life to express it. Um, You know, I was just having a conversation yesterday with a gentleman who expressed that uh, when he lost his mom five years back, uh, you know, there was no reaction, right? He was he did not grieve or he did not let it out. Uh, a because he did not have you know the methods to let go of those emotional stuck energies, right? Mm-hmm. And B, because I think as 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 men, sometimes we're uh, you know uh, taught to be way strong and emotionless and not and not cry. And sometimes you know you just have to let go, whether you're a man or or, or a woman. And it's a, it's important, right? Uh, because those those stuck energies will lay dormant in our body and manifest in the in the form of illness or yes. or other other issues. Belief systems are big, like you've mentioned. Belief systems, what we believe, you know, is the universe working towards us or against us, right? Uh, and then daily care, nutrition. Are you getting your daily nutrition? Your minerals, supplements, superfoods, green vegetables, as well as exercise. Yes, uh, those are those are big. I mean, when I go to the gym twice or thrice in a week i really look forward to it and as as soon as i come out my whole you know day shifts um so thanks a lot for sharing all of that with us now you work with body talk right so yes uh, how did you discover body talk
4: so, I discovered Body Talk about, I would say, six years ago when I was going through kind of another, it wasn't an, a major health issue, but I mm-hmm. woke up one day and I started having pain in my left knee. And it was very interesting because it wasn't like I had, you know, fallen down or banged into anything. There was no kind of physical trauma to my knee. I just woke yeah. up one day and my knee hurt. Mm -hmm. And I tried all of the things I was already in the world of holistic healing. And so I was going for massage and acupuncture and chiropractic Mm -hmm. and doing movement therapy and nothing helped. And so then I remembered that I had met this woman the year before when I was networking and she said she did something called body talk. She had kind of told me in that moment what it was and I was intrigued by it. But at that time, I didn't try it. Mm -hmm and i decided to go and actually try a session because it, the pain actually was going on for about 3 months i couldn't mm-hmm. resolve it and and my at that point i knew i wasn't going to just start taking pills and you know trying to make the pain be quiet mm-hmm. i viewed it as something that i needed to see and address
3: mm-hmm.
4: And in that very first session, the pain basically went completely away. It went from bothering me every day, almost all day for three months to the pain was gone. And what happened in that session was she had asked me, did you go through something traumatic before the pain came on? And it was like a light bulb went on because I hadn't connected what I had went through right before the pain to the pain. Uh, Right before the pain, my parents had been staying with me, they came from Idaho, and they were seeking a second opinion for my dad, who was kind of going through severe depression and anxiety. And I had spent two intense weeks being with them trying to get my dad help trying to figure out what was the solution for him. Mm -hmm. And then I just went, Oh, I need to start working again. i would taken two weeks off. And you know, as a self employed person, it was like, got to get back to work. (laughs) And my knee had been basically trying to alert me for a couple months to the fact that that was extremely traumatic and that I needed Mm. to take a little bit of time to process what had happened and to heal it. Mm -hmm. And I went after that first session, I was like, what is this magical thing that just happened? Mm. How did she do this? How did she know I had been through a trauma? And I was just immediately floored and intrigued by the experience.
3: Action
2: Tribe, did you know that for thousands of years, Buddhist monks have been using a certain type of mushroom called lion's mane along with meditation for greater focus and calm? And what if you could, in the same way, awaken your mind and support your well-being every morning by just sipping on some nice hot coffee? Wouldn't that be amazing? Four Sigmatic is a superfood company that specializes in mushroom-based drinks for greater energy, focus, and longevity. And I discovered this amazing drink at an energy healing workshop during lunch. I discovered the coffee, I got intrigued, I tried it out, and I've been hooked ever since. In the morning, I just add some honey, some cream, and a little coconut oil to my hot cup of mushroom coffee. And I just sit in silence. It's amazing. Now, this coffee contains dual-extracted chaga mushrooms that support your daily immune function. It also has wild rhodiola root that helps reduce stress. And because it's made from 100% organic Arabica coffee beans, it tastes just like coffee. So why not try this out? Right? Because they've extended a really special offer for you receive 15% of your Four Sigmatic purchase, go to foursigmatic.com forward slash action tribe or use discount code action tribe at checkout. That's F O U R S I G M A T I C dot com forward slash A C T I O N T R I B E or use discount code Action Tribe at checkout. Again, foursigmatic.com forward slash Action Tribe or use discount code Action Tribe at checkout. Got it. Well, uh, by the way, our listener, uh, Lynn, right now. Has a question and she says, I get a delayed reaction with my emotions. They come out, but much later than when an emotional event occurs. Do you have any thoughts on that?
4: That's really interesting. I would be curious, you know, is it because you're not kind of comfortable fully allowing the emotion to come up in the moment? That might be something that you could kind of explore for yourself. Um, That's not something that I've necessarily seen as a pattern. So I I would just be very curious, you know, asking yourself some questions about how do you feel about emotions? Maybe look at patterns, you know, is it a certain emotion that that tends to happen with, you know, maybe anger, fear, whatever. Is there a pattern? Can you find a pattern and then getting curious about what that is?
2: Got it, Lynn. I hope that answers your question. Um, Now coming back to to uh, body talk, um, if you could uh, tell us about, uh, by the way, I just noticed that you, you both have the same.
4: I know. Yeah. And I was surprised <laughs> that nobody still it the same way. So <laughs> so hi to a fellow Lynn with one N.
2: <laughs> cool, cool, cool. So wh- what are the origins of uh, this modality body talk? Because you mentioned, uh, you've written that it, it originates um, in multiple places, right? India, yeah, China. Well,
4: well, we have kind of one person who created it, but he kind mm. of drew from multiple systems to create it. So it's, it's a system created by an Australian man named Dr. John Beltheim. And he was originally um, a doctor of chiropractic as well as an acupuncturist living yeah. in Australia. And he created it out of his own process. He had Epstein-Barr that was becoming so debilitating that he couldn't run his acupuncture school mm-hmm. anymore. And so he wanted to find out how can he heal And he started exploring and he's one of those people who's probably studied just about everything that's out there, like every healing system. And he took pieces of different systems and has kind of incorporated it into one, which is, I think, part of what I love about the system, what the beauty of it is. So we can work with the meridian systems and with kind of five elements theory from Chinese medicine. We work with the chakras as part of it as well. Um, we can work with kind of that Ayurvedic principles from kind of Indian medicine traditions. And then we also bring in a lot of Western science. So um, one of my teachers and mentors is a PhD scientist who worked on the Human Genome Project, turned into a body talk practitioner and teacher. <laughs> mm. and she teaches all sorts of cool things about working with things like epigenetics. So how genes are turning on and off and expressing, which is often at the root of disease and working with things like hormones and our microbiome, so all of the good bacteria. So it's it's a fascinating system that I think has drawn on kind of the best of a lot of different systems and brought them kind of into a unified whole.
2: So, you know, part of, uh, your work, you talk about the Chinese five elements theory as well, right? So could you talk to us a little bit about that?
4: So I'm not an expert in that particular philosophy because I haven't gone to acupuncture school. But it, yep. basically, there's you know five elements. There's fire, earth, metal, water, and wood. Mm-hmm. And then all of those elements are connected to different organ systems, for one. And then the organs also represent kind of the five key emotions. Mm-hmm. So anger, fear, joy, sadness, grief, and worry. And we look at kind of imbalances in those particular systems. So, Five Elements is a really fascinating uh, system with a lot of yeah. depth. I, I have gotten really curious about it. Um, and in fact, mm. that's part of where my business name, Heart Fire Healing, came from because the fire element is connected to the heart. And I, I got really interested in what that represented symbolically and, and why I wanted that to represent my business. Mm, It's all about joy, expansion, energy, becoming who we are.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, pretty fascinating. I mean, the uh, parallels that one can draw uh, between ancient Taoist traditions and Ayurvedic traditions, because both of them, you know, give a lot of respect and draw from nature. Yes. And like you said, fire, earth, metal, water, and wood. And I think the clue over here is to realize that we are in fact part of the universe mm-hmm. uh, and there's a universe within us. And the more we recognize this, uh, symbiotic relationship, uh, the more we can, you know, maybe change based on what's happening around us in nature mm-hmm. and, uh, ride the, ride the surf wave of, mm-hmm. of the universe uh, towards peak health, vitality, yes. and, uh, balanced emotions as well. So, yes. uh, so so let's talk about, uh, you know, what you did then. I mean, how did you go about healing your uh, leukemia? What is that first thing that you approached?
4: So, and again, it wasn't healing leukemia necessarily because it was a misdiagnosis, but healing the correct diagnosis.
2: Right, right,
4: <laughs> So um, I would say it was... About a year into kind of the the misdiagnosis, I started exploring other modalities. Um, Mm -hmm. I went into actually a really dark depression about a year and a half after I was diagnosed. Um, I I had another trauma. Uh, A friend passed away very suddenly. And so I felt like my whole world had basically fallen apart between being told I had leukemia and her passing, Mm -hmm. So I began first at that point, I started going just to therapy because I had so much emotional trauma that I needed to, to talk through sort through process. And then in that actually with working with that therapist, she recommended that I go to a class that was called yoga for healing. And my first thought when she said that was, what are you talking about yoga for healing? Like my exposure to yoga before that had always been seeing it in a gym. Mm-hmm. And I thought, here I am. I'm sick. I'm weak. My body doesn't feel good. And you're, I'm picturing me doing these poses where, you know, like a headstand or all these <laughs> strong poses. And I, I was like, what are you talking about, lady? Yoga mm-hmm. for healing. And she said, it's a different kind of a thing. You should go check out this class. I promise you it's not what you think. And it was a fascinating experience and a very powerful one for me because we spent most of the class lying on the floor, lying on our backs, like Mm. breathing supported poses. And I I fell in love with it. It was very profound for me um, to have that space. It was really Developing a new relationship with my body, which mm-hmm. up until that point for the past year and a half had felt like the enemy, like it had betrayed me, like right. it didn't feel good. And here I had this 90 minutes in a space and a container where I could explore, like, how could my body feel even just a little bit good in that mm. moment? And that was I think there was an emotional healing that happened from that, too, just to to be present with my body in a new way. Yep. And then I just got curious. At that point, I started exploring other things. I started, I'd never had acupuncture before. And I decided, hey, I want to try this thing called acupuncture. I don't know what it's going to do, but Mm. I started going for acupuncture. I um, went back and started seeing somebody who did something called biofeedback, which I had experienced with the migraines I had as a child. Mm -hmm. And in that process, I learned how to kind of regulate my nervous system, how to, how to breathe to kind of calm down my heart rate, how to bring coherence to my heart rate. So if Mm -hmm. anybody's heard of like heart math, um, heart math is actually a type of biofeedback work.
3: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
4: And I just viewed it as kind of like I I had found the door to this room that had this buffet of like all these other things that existed that I had never, I grew up in Idaho. I grew up in a small town
3: Mm -hmm. and,
4: you know, like I probably had heard of acupuncture, you know, I knew about chiropractic, but I didn't know about all of these things. I didn't know about energy healing. You know, like I said, yoga to me was like yoga at the gym, Mm -hmm. uh, which never had resonated for me. (laughs) Yeah. So it was it was fun. It was like a way of just exploring like what can I try? Like I I became kind of a scientist with my own body in the journey.
2: That's amazing. So Action Tribe, if you are listening to this right now. Um, Just pay attention and think about what are those things that you'd like to try out in this board of alternative healing and medicine, because there's so many things that you can potentially try out. And part of doing this podcast is to expose you to different ways of healing your body. And in fact, I remember one of the most pleasurable experiences that I've had in childhood was when I did yoga in school because it was mandatory, was part of school. And uh, the best experience, of course, was towards the end when we did the shavasana pose. And I remember the experience of uh, you know just checking in with different parts of my body and moving my consciousness all across my body. Uh, I didn't have a word for to describe what that feeling was until much later on. I realized that I was actually moving my consciousness all throughout my body, mm-hmm. and that I could project my consciousness not only within my body, but anywhere I wanted. And so in in a way, it was, this, you know, this idea that was deep within my mind that, you know, somewhere down the line, I might, you know, do something in this field, mm-hmm. which is funny how life has a way of coming back whole circle, right? <laughs> yes,
4: for sure. Yeah, I always, as a kid, I thought that maybe I would, you know, help people. I thought about maybe being a therapist, but I mm-hmm. also knew I was an empath at that point. And right. I didn't know how I would do that. So I was always resistant to it. And hence, I, I had a love of history and I pursued a degree in history
2: mm. instead. So do you like history? I mean, I I, uh... I
4: do. I love history. Okay. Just mm. when I went to grad school, it was not what I expected. Okay. It was... <laughs>
2: yeah. That's true. That's so true. I mean, I love, I love physics now. But when I did physics in school, I didn't like it, right? Yes. I love exploring metaphysics i love geography no sorry my geography teacher was very very she was very nice i I still love geography and even back so in school there were certain subjects that i really enjoyed and i feel a large part of it was the teacher you know uh i loved history i loved geography i loved english particularly we did you know uh we did we did shakespeare julius caesar which was one of my best uh, favorite uh you, you know um plays. But I think uh, the teacher plays such a huge role, right? To make it interesting, to make Very it much. engaging, I, entertaining. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I had a, And I think that was part of where my love of history started was I had mm. a junior high history teacher who I really connected with. And then in high school, I had someone phenomenal, and yeah, it was always an area of interest, but then I always had, it was like the best teachers I ever had were history teachers. And so it, it kind of fed that love of, oh, this is fun to learn this instead of, right. oh, it's, it's a bore to sit in class.
2: That's true. That's true. So Action Tribe, maybe in the future, we might start a podcast about ancient history. Uh, really, <laughs> really passionate about, you know, ancient cool. India, ancient China, and sort of uh, drawing the connections between everything. So maybe in the future. Uh, So Lynn, what are some foundations uh, required for a balanced immune system and a balanced life overall? How should we think about it?
4: So in terms of immune system, I think one of the things is not being afraid of having a little bit of exposure to things like dirt, a little bit of exposure to things like germs. You know, we've, we've come to that point where Everyone has like gone into the hand sanitizers and the antibacterial everything. And really like that exposure to things is part of how our immune system learns Okay, and and it trains. So, you know, I'm really kind of very anti using those sorts of things unless, you know, like in a medical situation in a hospital, it makes more sense. But on a daily basis like let your let your kids play in the dirt go out and dig in the dirt like that exposure is great for your immune system to learn how to healthily engage with the world instead of becoming like overactive or basically kind of for lack of a better word bored. Yeah. Um, sometimes i think it, it attacks our own tissue cuz it doesn't have anything to do. <laughs> so I mean, I, what was the second part of the
2: question? Could you? Uh, oh no, just just some uh, guidance about how to really balance our immune system, right. as well as a balanced life overall.
4: Um, so a balanced life overall, I think one of. I know it's
2: at... a heavy question. It's a loaded question. Yes, but yes. You can that, <laughs> there's so much to know. be said about it. <laughs> yeah. Just um, the foundations would do. You know, what should yes. we be thinking yes. about?
4: Um, I would think about kind of all aspects of yourself. So taking care of your body, you know, what, again, what foods are you eating? How are you moving your body? Um, Getting out, getting in the sunshine, getting fresh air, like all of those basic things that our bodies need Mm -hmm. on a regular basis. What are you doing with your mind? You know, like, what thoughts are you thinking? Are you consuming things that lift you up or are you consuming things that produce fear or anxiety, you know, do you sit and watch the news all the time and, and mm. create anxiety in your life? Yeah. Uh, not that you have to be completely ill informed, but you know, how do you what fuel do you put into your mind because our minds are so powerful? And then kind of that that spirit piece, like what what's your connection to something bigger, whether that be come from, you know, a religious tradition or whether you're just kind of a spiritual person, like, how do you develop that? How do you support mm-hmm. yourself in that area? Um, is it through like minded people and, and doing kind of some different courses and spiritual development? Is it through your own practice through meditation? Um, that's definitely another, I think, body, mind, spirit. And in that sense, meditation really addresses all of those pieces. So kind of examining all three of those areas, because we really are, we're not just bodies, we're not just mm-hmm. minds, and we're not just spirits, we're we are all of those together.
2: So true, so true. Action Tribe, I hope you're taking notes, or maybe Ashley's absorbing what is being said right now. We're talking about the bases or the basics or the foundations that would be required for a real balanced life. Uh, one is obviously the food that you're consuming. Be mindful of the type of food that you're having. And a lot of times we don't we don't get all the minerals that we need, right? We don't get all the vitamins in our daily nutritional diet. So it's important to have these supplements as well from time to time, whether it's calcium or certain types of vitamins so that you get the food you need movement, exercise, Qigong walks, uh, sunshine, you know, even Ayurveda teaches us to rise with the sun and go to sleep with the sun. Mm -hmm. The sun is super incredible in providing us the inspiration as well as the vitamin D to thrive and the thoughts, Thoughts uh, are everything. I mean, I can point out to a a study by Bruce Lipton, who says that, uh, you know, our thoughts determine everything. Our thoughts determine what type of, you know, chemicals our, our brain secretes, our endocrine glands secrete. And based on the emotions that we experience, whether we have good emotions, serotonin, or we have cortisol, stress emotions, our actions, our, our, de- our, our life is uh, determined, right, by, by all of that. And it all starts with the type of thought that you're thinking. So meditation, action drive, it all comes back. <laughs> uh, cool. So Lynn, um, you know, I'm also learning that, you know, um, on a subconscious basis, you know, our life is governed by the habits, right? Right. These habits we do without even thinking or, you know, giving much thought to it. It just happens automatically. What are some bad habits that you've noticed um, that people might have that is creating or leading to illness or that low energy or that fatigue that one might experience at the end of the day? And how can you know, what should we replace them with? If you so, can shed some light around that.
4: So bad habits, I mean, could be kind of how you're spending your time, you know. Like for me, actually I'm I'm doing myself a little bit of a cleanse of not being on Facebook as much because I've noticed my own bad yeah. habit around it. Yeah. So how are you, how are you engaging with the world? Is it it can be a good thing or it can be, you know, we have habits and unconscious patterns. Yeah um habits in terms of just you know getting sen- sedentary in our lives could be another thing like instead of thinking oh you know it's the end of the day maybe I'll, I'll i've sat at my desk for so many hours maybe i'll go for a walk we get into that habit of oh i'm tired i'm just gonna get on the couch and
3: and i mm. want to zone
4: out you know <laughs> put on netflix or whatever you do <laughs> <laughs> instead of kind of thinking what does my body need in this moment like mm. how can i how could I move a little bit? Cause we are such a society that just sits all the time. Right.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, and then I think there's, there's habits of the mind too, in terms of like, do we focus our energy and our conversations on positive things or do we get into the, you know, complaining habit um, is another big area that I think a lot of people can get into. It's like, you focus yeah. on what went wrong in the day instead of the gratitude for what, what
3: went right or what you're
2: excited about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, social media detox is something that I'm getting more and more into because it's uh, um, it's funny that we've not had social media long enough to be able to understand the long-term consequence of social media (laughs) on the mind and the body. It's crazy, but uh we don't even realize it but automatically we're on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram and you yeah. know, we get addicted to those dopamine hits of those likes or, you know, those comments and we yeah. you know and that's not good, right? So like you pointed out, action try once in a while, you know, just try to take a you know, social media detox, or maybe it's for a couple of hours that you hide your phone somewhere, or put right. like a complicated password that you don't really remember, or you know, just <laughs> or go away post, off your
4: phone. Like I just, or did. just off your phone,
2: is <laughs> off your phone, right? Because you'll realize uh, once uh, once you're away from like disconnected from the world. Sometimes it's good to be disconnected. You will be connected with your own self. So that's a great uh, tip that people can try out. And of course, uh, going away from that sedentary lifestyle that you might or might not be leading a small walk. I've read that walk sometimes can be more beneficial than a run,
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, you know, because sometimes depending on the age of the person, a run might put a lot of pressure, right on the ligaments and in the bones of a person, especially on an ongoing basis, but a walk does not put that much pressure. And right. if you combine yeah. that with some nice breathing, deep breathe in, deep breath, uh, deep breath out, um, it can really be a pleasurable experience. Um, uh, and then like you've said, thoughts, 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 uh, you know, it's hard, right. To let go of those uh, yes. thoughts that one might be having deep, uh, within the mind. But what I found is possible is, uh, is powerful. is just the affirmations that you can, um, have on maybe a daily basis or, um, I write down my affirmations, you know, in the evening, uh, I'm doing this thing of, uh you know, writing down your affirmations, whatever you want to manifest, uh, and doing that 21 times mm-hmm. every night for 30 days. And I'm on day number 29, very close. Oh,
3: cool.
2: If you miss one day, you got to repeat it from start. <laughs> and, I've sta- and I've started three times now, you know, <laughs> so for some reason or the other, like on day 14, I'm like, oh, really? I got to start from, but yeah. it, it sort of builds uh I have it. It builds a habit and it goes into your subconscious mind. So, uh, wonderful. Thanks a lot for sharing. I'm sure our listeners are getting some ideas, some nudges, some hints um, that they can try out in their own lives. Uh, But the truth is that it all starts at one step at a time. Don't let it burden or overwhelm you. Uh, Lynn says, so Lynn, I shared this technique, uh, this affirmation technique with Lynn. And she says she's on day 16. Keep going, Lynn.
4: Good uh, for you, <laughs> you know, don't,
2: don't, don't give up. You need to get to day 30 because you know, it's powerful. That's how the subconscious mind learns is to repetition and practice mm-hmm. uh, and you can do it. Uh, so what is that one action step that you would like to recommend for our listeners based on the conversation that we're having?
4: Um, I think one of the most powerful things you can do is just making time to start listening to your body. So mm-hmm. one of the things I find either with people with chronic illness or just, you know, anyone is we get sometimes annoyed by different symptoms that we have Mm -hmm. in our bodies we get irritated and frustrated and of course then there's the conditioning of like our our medical system of oh just take a Tylenol when you have a headache instead of like "Hmm, maybe I could be curious why do I have a headache do I need some more water have I sat too long at my desk like (laughs) what is What's the underlying root of that? Because I always tell people, you know, your body doesn't have words to talk to you. Your body only has sensations, symptoms, pain, things like that. It can't say to you, hey, excuse me, I need some water right now. You're really dehydrating me. (laughs) Mm. So if you could take one step on a daily basis that I think would completely change your health and your relationship to your body, it's just to take that time to get quiet. It doesn't have to be anything super fancy. Um, You know, just take some deep breaths, take a moment to just get centered and present. And then whatever area that feels like maybe you're feeling uncomfortable, um, having some symptoms with, just ask it the question, like, what, what is it trying to tell you? What's its message to you? And, you know, sometimes in the beginning, people who've never done that before, you don't feel like you hear a message. And I would say keep doing it because you will start to get a message. It's kind of like your body sometimes in the beginning goes, do you really want to know? Like, you've never asked me this question before. Do you really want to know? (laughs) And then eventually you'll start to get that. And sometimes it sounds like something like you'll get something that feels like it's a little like, are you sure that's the message? And, And just trust what comes through.
2: Yeah, it's, I find that it's sort of like dreams, right? Uh, when we have a dream, most often we tend to forget it. It's like we went to the other side of the river on the other banks and we came back and we can't see the other side very clearly. But the more that we write it down, uh, the more that the dream is like, okay, so you're taking us seriously now. Right. And now we're going to help you remember what's in your dreams so that yes. you can get those nudges. So same way it seems like the dream and the body, they're working in sync to send us some messages and some nudges or some piece of information that we might need to That's to really you know uh become our best selves so actually try to access the show notes for this episode all the information all the links uh for this particular episode go to my seven chakras.com forward slash three thirty four. my seven chakras.com forward slash 3 you can go there and you can access all the information from this particular episode. And if you're enjoying the session so far, then make sure on your iPhone, you hit the subscribe button. All right. The subscribe button, because if you don't, then we'll keep on releasing three new episodes every week and you'll be out of touch. And six months down the line, you'll send me an email and you'll ask me if I have stopped my podcast. And I'll be like, no, I'm, I'm releasing episodes, but you've not subscribed yet. So make sure that you subscribe to our show on your iPhone. The wound is the place where the light enters you. Now, this is an amazing quote by Rumi.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Everyone seems to like Rumi quotes, but this is probably one of his best. We're all wounded in some place or the other. Some of these are physical wounds for sure because they result in scars, but most of them are emotional that we've had since childhood. And sometimes the presence of these wounds might make us feel sad or incomplete or incapable, right? But remember... The experience is what makes you. The experience is what makes you, you. So just because you had that experience, it doesn't mean that you can't uh, do something about it. In fact, that wound is what is really going to help you shine a light of hope to the world around you. Because just like Rumi said, the wound is a place where the light enters you. And remember, once you have the light, you got to pass the torch, pass the baton. Um, and that's 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 the whole point. So Lynn, talk to us about a time when you experienced a difficult situation or a life challenge. And, you know, what did you do about it and how did you overcome it?
4: Um, well, obviously, the story I told of, of going through that health journey would be one key area. Mm-hmm. Um, I resonate with that story of, or the quote about the wound because it really it inspired me to not just see myself as a victim of what had happened to me, but it, I saw it as something that had happened kind of for me. How could I take what had happened and transform my life and, and give my life meaning? And it, for me, I viewed it as a wake up call. It, it viewed it as putting me on my right path because I realized I did have a passion for, for kind of holistic approaches to healing, for helping mm-hmm. other people heal. So that to me was kind of putting me on, on that path and, and letting that wound kind of let the light in and shine the light on, Oh, I'm completely in the wrong place. I, this path doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> Where do I want to go? Where do I want that light to shine?
2: Got it. So action tribe, I hope you're enjoying today's episode so far. We're not done yet, but the theme for today is chronic illness. How you can uh, take these small steps towards a more healthy, um, and balanced life. Uh, And I'm sure you've learned a a new thing or two today. We're learning that no one is perfect. uh, And we've arrived where we are today, because of certain actions that we've taken certain habits, certain thought patterns, emotions, or maybe some behaviors. And just like we let ourselves here, we are gonna get ourselves out of this because we can. But in order to take that first step, we need to be truthful and radically honest with ourselves because as someone put you are strong when you know your weakness you are beautiful when you appreciate your flaws and you are wise when you learn from your mistakes because there's nothing wrong in making mistakes or having flaws or having these weaknesses what's more important is what you're going to do about it <laughs> right so uh, we're now on the wisdom round which is the last round for today uh so Lynn, what is the best piece of advice that you have received
4: I think in the healing journey, learning that if something didn't work for me, like that didn't mean anything about other possibilities of something working. And that's a thing that I I love to share with other people. You know, there are hundreds, probably thousands of approaches to healing out there. And if one doesn't work for you, keep going, like keep trying things because that one thing might not be your thing, but you know, you could try a couple other things and you will find your, the things that help you. So don't give up basically, just keep, keep being curious.
3: And
2: if you could turn back time and spend one hour with someone who is uh, currently dead or living, who would it be? (laughs)
4: Oh, <laughs> that's such a cool question. <laughs> um, currently living, I would love to get to know Dr. Joe Dispenza more. I love his work and I would love to like have a, a deep conversation with him about kind of that philosophy that he has, which riffs very much on what we've been talking about, how, you know, the power of our minds, the power of our consciousness.
2: Got it. And what do you do? Like, what is it one thing that you currently do in the morning or maybe in the evening? before you go to sleep that has enhanced the quality of your life?
4: So for me, it's usually the morning and it's kind of having a regular meditation practice um, every day before I kind of get my day really started. Got
2: it. Uh, And finally, what is it one book that you'd like to recommend for our listeners?
4: Um, I would back to Joe Dispenza again, I would say his new book, Becoming Supernatural is phenomenal. I would recommend that book.
2: Awesome. So Action Tribe, would you like to receive this book, Becoming Supernatural, for free? That's right, because audible.com loves our listeners, and they're offering you one free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so that you can get to check out their service. Because the truth is that listening is the new reading. And if you're listening to this podcast, then I'm sure you would agree. And I love my audibles, which are on my phone all the time. And you can have many of them each month you get a new credit once you become a member but for now you can get one book for free becoming supernatural to try this out to get your first audible go to my 7 forward slash free book my 7 forward slash free book to start listening to becoming supernatural so Lynn thank you so much for joining us today before you go tell us one thing that you are grateful for and how do we find you online
4: Um, uh, Today, I'm grateful for my furry friends, my animals. We have a puppy and a kitten that I just see so much joy in watching them play. (laughs) (laughs) And you can find me. My website is uh, heartfirehealingllc.com. And you can get your free gift if you put forward slash chakras.
2: We'll have that link up in the show notes. Action Tribe, if you have listened so far, it means that you really enjoyed today's session. If you can, if you can afford to, make sure you give us a donation so that you can support our moment because we really, really depend on your support. My7Chakras.com forward slash support. my 7 forward slash support. If you're on Instagram, I know many of you are and you listen to our show in transit or in the lawn or somewhere outdoors, take a screenshot or a photo of you and tag me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at my 7 chakras. At my seven chakras. And finally, if you have a question, comment, observation, or some experience you'd like to share with me about this episode, then make sure you sh- share it on aj at my seven chakras.com. Email me, aj at my seven chakras.com. And Lynn, it was so wonderful to chat with you, to connect with you. And thanks a lot for sharing your story because many of our listeners are going through a chronic illness challenge um, and difficulty, and it can be a very hard situation to be in. So thanks a lot for helping us and taking us one step closer to a human revolution.
4: Thank you for having me.
2: Awesome. Thanks, everyone. We're going to end this broadcast right here.
3: Thank you for listening to My 7 Chakras at My7Chakras.com. That is My S-E-V-E-N Chakras.com.